0: You're making me angry. I don't think you're going to like me when I'm angry. Welcome to Stuff to Watch, the podcast that takes the stress out of streaming. I'm James Crute. Give me 10 minutes and I'll save you hours of trying to work out which new shows are worth your time. We'll also cover new cinema releases and finish off with my classic cut. My guests this week are Bridget Jones. Hello. And Darren Bevan.
1: Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in again. Here we go! First up this week, we're
0: taking a look at the Lazarus Project, which has just arrived on NEON. This is a new take on the time loop formula, right, Bridget?
2: (laughs) Stop. I won't even pretend I understand time travel or most science, to be honest. But what I do understand is that this series is particularly good. It stars Papa Isidou, who, if you watched I May Destroy You or Gangs of London, you will know he is an excellent young actor. He stars as George, who is a pretty average dude who wakes up on July 1st one day and has a pretty good few months he gets a great bank loan has a wedding gets his partner up the duff but then one day he wakes up again and it's july 1st he's gone back in some sort of time loop and none of that previous six months has happened but he remembers it all turns out his life goes off the rails it happens a few more times with this weird flipping back to july 1st a mysterious woman shows up she says if it happens again come find us at this dodgy building it does he goes finds them And then the truth is revealed. We're a top secret organisation dedicated to preventing and undoing mass extinction events. Oh, and we can make time go backwards. He gets involved. Good things happen, bad things happen. It's a great test of the human spirit, what you would do for your loved ones, the influence of power on an individual. It's sci-fi, but it's not really sci-fi. And I know that Darren has some thoughts on that particular aspect of it.
1: I just don't think it was sci-fi enough. I mean, this Lazarus project had to raise me from the dead towards the end of the first episode because I was out. I just didn't care enough about the characters and I I struggled with the emotional heft that seemingly happens at the end of episode one.
2: That is your problem. You stopped at episode one. So the beginning of that episode has this great build-up to something and then the truth is kind of revealed. And from there, the series really expands on that idea of the lengths people would go to save the people they love. I don't care if it's not sci-fi. For me, it was very much a sort of a study on human nature.
0: I definitely agree more with you, Bridget, than I do with Ming the Mirthless. I just think it was a fabulous kind of tale. Also, if you think about time travel stories, *The Quantum Leap is one of the classics and that was really very much about characters each week and the power of love and all those kind of tropes and ideas. I really did find I was engaged and enjoyed it and that hook at the end of the first episode really did make you want to watch more. Well, before there are any murders in this building, let's move on to a show which just about has that title. Mr. Bevan.
1: Only Murders in the Building on Disney+. Plus. Oh, my God, I love Series 1 of this show back in 2021. Uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez all working together as a, a, a trio of podcasters trying to solve a crime. This sounds very, very what? familiar.
2: Am I Selena Gomez in this situation? Uh, well, you do dress
1: very, very snappy, well, I snabby, I was Bridget. Selena
0: Gomez in this situation.
1: I mean, I love the first series of this. It had spark and wit all over the place as it tried to solve uh, the murder of an inhabitant of a New York building. Now, the second season picks up at the end of uh, season one's Cliffhanger. I really do like a lot of this second series. It doesn't have the same oomph for me that it has in the first, mainly because it's become a little bit too meta and a little bit too knowing in parts. It's
0: very rare for a true crime podcast to
2: do a sequel a real opportunity here.
1: But I think it's a quality show and it stays a quality show throughout and there is nothing on TV like this that's bright and breezy.
2: Yeah, I'm a late comer to this but in the uh, bits that I have seen I am clearly obsessed. The three actors have such a fun rapport with each other. You can tell that Steve Martin and Martin Short have probably known each other for 100 years and I think Selena Gomez is such a good foil for the two of them it's funny it's interesting love the podcast aspect (laughs) you know there's there's a lot to like in the series
0: like darren i was obsessed with the first series i don't know there's something about that martin short steve martin dynamic that's always worked but you know this has been a, a selena gomez revelation for me there's something about her voice something about her style in this that just kind of makes her such an addictive character Let's move on from one show about death to another.
2: Thank you for choosing Loving Tributes. Reviews of Loving Tributes. The whole place smelt like cabbage and chemicals. That is right. Good grief. Streaming now on TVNZ+. Uh, This is the second season. I am a fool for many reasons, but right now it's for absolutely sleeping on the first season of this brilliant Kiwi show. It's easily one of the funniest comedies I've seen in years. Uh, It's from the... Very clever sisters, Eve and Grace Palmer, who you'll know Grace from Shortland Street. You might know Eve from Kids TV. The two of them have starred, created, written produced in parts, this very funny series that is centred around two sisters who inherit a funeral home. One of them is serious and dedicated to the craft, and one of them once dreamed of being a DJ in Bali, which kind of sums up the whole dynamic of the series. The laugh comes from the two central characters who play obviously off each other as sisters very well, since they are in real life but the supporting cast is where the show absolutely shines. It's a situational comedy, it's an observational comedy, it's a physical comedy, it's a very funny comedy, and the more time you spend with the two characters and the rest of them, you kind of notice little bits here and there that are just drop dead funny. No pun intended. Um, (laughs) Maybe pun intended.
0: Bridget, this is one that I also really had not much idea about until you mentioned it last week. And, Wow I'm hooked as well the the Palmas are incredible and and this is such a sleeper kind of hit um you know I would urge anyone to sort of seek this out let us move on to the cinema and Mr Bevan, you have been watching
1: minions the rise of Groom. yeah this is the fifth outing for those uh, banana shaped monsters um and the shows no sign yet of any Dominion Minions' Return. Sorry.
0: Uh. Um, I, I
1: really adored this film. I mean, I, I'm a sucker for a good animation, and the minions have provided a lot of that. But Steve Carell as Gru is also a really big part of this one. It's basically a Gru origin story of how he really started to become a little bit evil, and the minions are, are along for it. There are
2: a lot of other villains in the world, but well, I am going to be... A super villain.
1: It's set in 1970s US, so there's a good mix of music that many people, including people like you, James, will remember from the first time around. And I think the thing with this is it's not a difficult plot to follow. The filmmakers are smart enough to just know that they're here for 90 minutes for a good time and nothing more. There are a few set pieces with the minions that really shine, and there's a lot of kind of humour that's good for madcap, good for kids of all ages, and you don't spend too much time looking at the background for other gags as well. And you throw in a bit of Lucy Lawless in there as one of this uh, gang criminal gang as well the vicious six Um, and it's just a nice really solid sensible film that goes out of its way to do exactly what it says on a tin achieves it and then just leaves you grinning like a lunatic as you walk out the door
0: I do love the Despicable Me movies, and I I did enjoy the Minions, first Minion ones, a lot. Uh, I really loved the idea of both the Passage Through Time and all the 60s references. But with this one, I don't know, it just felt a little disappointing. They had so much vocal talent, including Dolph Lundgren and Alan Arkin, that they didn't quite use as much as they could have. And also, I wanted a bit more Minions. I felt the Minions were a bit of a sidebar to, as you say, what is essentially a gruesome. Have you looked
1: in the mirror today, James? because you seem a little bit grinchy green rather than banana yellow for the minions for this one. You're such, uh, just such a grinch, mate. You're, you're, you're looking too deeply into this one. <laughs> Speaking of
0: green, anyway, my classic cut this week is Hulk, which has just arrived on Neon after a long time out in the wilderness. It is kind of Marvel before they were Marvel. It was made around the same time as the original Spider-Man. It was directed by the brilliant Ang Lee, who really gave a kind of comic book feel to a comic book movie. He cast the rather interesting Eric Banner, who I guess was far more like the original uh, TV series character that we sort of all loved back in the 1980s. But there's just something about this film that that feels like a comic book movie should be. Before all the bells and whistles and CGI took over the whole thing, this is what superheroes were like in those those lazy, hazy days of the early noughties.
2: Look at you. after college to be a great scientist. Like your father. There's something inside you so special. I can't lie... I forgot in the plentiful realm of Hulk films that this one existed.
1: Well, it is 20 years old.
2: Also, I was two when it came out.
1: (laughs) Some of the effects are great. I mean, looking back at that Hulk in this original film, it's not too far from the Mark Ruffalo version of The Avengers, I don't think. So they've always been true to the aesthetic. But I do wonder a little bit with this one, whether they played it a bit too fast and loose with the serious side of it, and that's what put people off.
0: I, I, There's just something about this which which was the, the first sort of idea of bringing an auteur, you know, someone with a bit of class or, or not the person you would expect to be directing a superhero blockbuster kind of movie to it. And I guess it helped inform Ang Lee's later things like Life of Pi in particular. Before Darren manages to make me angry any further, let's
2: remind you what we talked about today. The Lazarus Projects on Neon. Only
1: Murders in the Building on Disney+. Plus,
2: Good Grief on TVNZ+. Minions, The Rise of Gru and
1: Cinemas Now, Despite What James Will Tell You. And my classic cut, Hulk on Neon.
0: That's it for another week. We're back next Friday. In the meantime, subscribe to our newsletter by clicking the link in any Stuff to Watch story on stuff.co.nz and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to my guest, Bridget Jones. Thanks. And Darren Bevan. Darren smash! And to producer Chris Reid for putting up with our antics. I'm James Crew and I've been finding you stuff to watch. Good night. Good night. Yes, yes, yes. Good night.